0: this morning our scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 18 and oh there it is on the screen um, listen to God's word at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and calling to him a child he put him in the midst of them and said truly I say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom temptations come. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet and to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better for you to enter life with one eye then with two eyes, to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep, and if one of them go, has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 who never went astray. So, it is, the will, it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if if two of you agree on earth about anything, they ask, It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. This is God's Word.
1: All right, thanks, Elfie, for reading. That's great. It was nice to meet uh, Elfie this week. But, uh, Leah, let's come and meet someone more important. Let's meet with God as we listen to his words. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you that you are uh, the speaking God, the living God. Please speak to us now through these words, uh, through my words. Uh, would you show us Jesus and make us the church you want us to be? In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, the Christian life. It's all about Jesus, right? That's what we believe. You know, you, you're a Christian, you know, come to Jesus. And, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus saves you. Although you can be forgiven when you then meet a Christian to think it's all about the church, right? To Become a Christian, what do you do? Well, you join a church and you start going to church and you meet with the church and you serve at church. It's all about the church, it seems. And sometimes you meet people, well, can I be a Christian and not go to church? And they say, well, uh, you say no, right? <laughs> church is essential but that's of course what is the church really right it's not that surprising where do you hear about jesus well here in the church where do you grow in jesus in the church because this is the family of god this is jesus followers uh, coming together meeting together no wonder that is where you meet jesus where you hear about jesus right it's uh, almost like the church is a bit of an embassy you know i want to go to Cambodia. how do i get there through the cambodian embassy you know i want to come to jesus want to grow in him it's through the church but then it's so sad sometimes when you hear stories when well the church isn't what it's supposed to be right people come to church and they they, they need help and they need jesus and instead uh, they get hurt that's so sad right it turns people away not just from the church but from jesus and so as a church we we want to be you know the church that god wants us to be uh, Matthew wants that. I mean, we've been going through Matthew's gospel, and of course, Matthew, it is a gospel. It's all about Jesus. And yet, there's so much for his disciples here, right? Matthew regularly, he has all these stories, and then he interrupts it and gives us a block of teaching, how to live as one of Jesus' disciples, how to be church. And, well, as we're going into chapter 18 today, that is what is happening. And we we're breaking up the stories, and we have a chapter of, of teaching. And this one especially about the church what should we be like in the church um you know that fits in a way uh, the past few chapters we've seen jesus starting the church right he's uh, israel's rejected him i'm going to do something new i'm going to build my church well what is that church like let's uh, listen to what jesus says I, I hope we want that right we want to be jesus church we want to be his ambassadors here his embassy well let's listen And as you won't be surprised, it's all about Jesus, what we're going to hear today. Now, from this chapter, I'm saying, okay, it's how we treat each other, how we treat each other as a church. So, actually, the first few verses is slightly different, right? Where does Jesus start? He starts almost with ourselves, Um, because, as usual in the Bible, how we live is based on who we are. And so, Jesus starts with, look, we need to see the church as Jesus does. See ourselves as He sees us. And maybe you know—I don't know how you see yourself. Uh, the disciples—they—they they came to Jesus with quite a high view of themselves, right? Uh, as usual, they don't get it. Uh, verse one: At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, "Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest?" Uh, in Greek, there's a kind of so then. Well, in, in light of what we've seen in the past few chapters, who is the greatest? Because, you know, it can be great to be the church, right? The past few chapters, if you are the church, if you're Jesus' disciples, you, you are, you know, one of the followers of the Messiah. Uh, you're going to be rewarded when he returns. Uh, the disciples, they were there on the mountain with Jesus. They, they share in his ministry. Uh, last week, Peter didn't need to pay any temple tax jesus paid it for him peter is now his son of god isn't that exciting isn't it so great to be the church you know isn't shouldn't the church be really impressive and jesus says no you you don't really get it what does jesus say well verse two and calling to him a child he put him in the midst of them and said truly i say to you unless you turn and become like children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You need to become like a child. That's what Jesus says. And you've heard it through the whole passage, right? A, a child like this, one of these little ones. Uh, Jesus thinks we should see each other as, as children. Uh, of course, children, what does that mean, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know. There's, uh, children are different to different cultures. If you're, Does it mean we all need to be very cute? Uh, does it need to be... Uh, We need to be innocent. You don't know children very well. Uh, Do we need to be carefree? (laughs) Do we need to be childish? (laughs) No, right? What does Jesus say? Whoever humbles himself like this child. Because children, they don't really have anything to offer, right? Children, they're not impressive. They had a very low status back then. Children have nothing to offer. And children are weak. They're powerless. They're needy. That they're so dependent on their parents. And in a way, that's the kind of people Jesus has been saving, right? You read through the gospel, what kind of people come to Jesus? Well, well, well they're weak and powerless. They, they have a loved one they can't save. And they come to Jesus, and they have nothing to offer. They just say, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I, I need your help. Uh, this woman, the Gentile woman, uh, this uh, the last week, the, the man with his son... I can't do anything. Please help me. That kind of attitude, right? That is the kind of people that Jesus then, then loves. And he heals the children. And, you know, he, he welcomes them. That is, you know, the kind of people that Jesus saves. And so, in a way, that is how we, how he says, well, that, that, that's what you should be like. People who come to Jesus needy, humbly. Nothing to offer. Just, Jesus, I need you. And, you, you know, I, I know I don't deserve it. I'm unclean. I'm not acceptable. But, Lord, you have, have mercy. That's how Jesus sees us. Not the greatest, right? Weak and humble sinners. That's who we are. Uh, knowing you're like that. And then Jesus says, well, that's the greatest person. The person who really knows how weak and sinful they are. It's very different, right? But that is how we should see the church. And and Jesus says, well, start, first of all, with yourself, right? Unless you become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Uh, We need to, Jesus points the finger, how do you see yourself? Uh, As weak and and needy, hopefully. Needing Jesus. It sounds weird, right? You'd think, oh, no, Jesus is building this kingdom. He wants great people. He wants powerful, independent people. No. (laughs) Jesus doesn't want it. He... He wants people who depend on him, weak and needy. In fact, if you are so great, Jesus says, well, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven uh, unless you humble yourself. And if you think, Jesus, I don't need you. I'm so great. Jesus says, sure, you won't need me then. You won't have me. Now, weak, needy sinners. That is the kind of people Jesus loves. Jesus, you see the gospels and he's so compassionate and loving to the the weak and needy to the sinful all right the tax collectors letters and the prostitutes and all those people that that is jesus heart and that's the people he loves so yeah how do you see yourself yeah as a child humble uh, nothing to offer because or maybe you matter know, even how you look on the outside as jesus means saying what's your heart like right deep down so full of sin full of idols, full of things that we love more than Jesus. Now, if we're honest, yeah, we're not really anything. Not that all the other stuff isn't true, not that we're not children of the king, not that we're holy and not holy and blameless in his sight, just if we're really honest about who we are in practice, weak, needy sinners. And not just us, right? Um, others as well. The people here in the church, actually, they look great, but if we know each other really, then we're weak and needy, all of us, including me, including Kevin, all of us, even my wife. She's a weak and needy sinner. You wouldn't know it. That's what we are like. And in a way, that's how we should see each other, right? And seeing other people as sinners, that can sound like I'm looking down on them, right? They're all sinners here. But hopefully, you see, that's not the case, right? It's a level playing field, we're all in the same boat. We're all just children, all weak and needy sinners. And I don't have to prove that I'm better to you because we're just both weak and needy. I don't need to pretend to be someone I'm not because it's okay. The church is just weak and needy sinners because that's who Jesus loves. Right? That's how we should see ourselves. That's why we do things like confession. Remember last week we did a time of confession? Confession. It's just to help us keep seeing ourselves. We are weak and needy sinners. And that's it. That would be a good church. But, But then what should we do? If that's how we should see ourselves, how should we then behave? And Jesus says, well, if we see each other as Jesus does, then we care for each other as Jesus does. And because when he then talks about how we should treat each other... There's so much connection between Jesus and us, right? I mean, in a way, we're supposed to be followers. So, of course, we're going to do what Jesus says. But verse 5, whoever receives one such child in my name, you're receiving someone in Jesus' name, like Jesus, because of Jesus, right? It's like he does. Uh, He tells the parable of the lost sheep. And he says, well, this is the father's heart to go after the one and leave the 99, and he, well, that's what you need to do, right? Do like the Father does. In that last section about sin, again, you know, uh, where two or three are gathered, I am with you. You know, you're doing this in my name. You're doing this with me. Be like me, in a way. Well, but what does that then mean, caring for the church? And there's lots of stuff I could say about that. You know, love one another as I have loved you. But there are some particular things that Jesus singles out here that all have to do with him. And I think the first thing that we should really work hard at is, uh, well, if people need Jesus, if we know we all need Jesus, don't lead people away from Jesus. I mean, that's what Jesus says. Don't lead people away from Him. If Christians need Jesus, you know, help them come to Him and don't lead them away. I think that's verses like five to ten or so. All right. Now you may wonder where do I get that from. Uh, verse 6, uh, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. Now, of course, you don't want to get people to sin, right? <laughs> you know, Jesus came to die for sin. Of course, we don't want it. But there's something particular here. It's not just any sin. It's talking about making them stumble. Whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, to kind of trip them up, uh, to hinder them, to obstruct them. And it seems to be a contrast with verse 5, right? Verse 5, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin yeah, causes them to stumble. And so it's the opposite of receiving. As a church, we should be welcoming, uh, receiving. <laughs> and, and, and to trip people up is the opposite. And, and I'm not now talking about welcome gifts. And uh, how friendly the ushers are. That's not really what I'm talking about. You know, what does it mean as a church to receive someone? You know, you accept them as a Christian. Yeah, you're a follower of Jesus. We are Jesus' family. Come and join us, right? You you receive them. You accept them. But then to not receive them is almost to not accept them, right? To say, well, you, you, you can't be part of us. Maybe because, well, you're not like this or you don't do like this, therefore you are not welcome here. And if we are Jesus' community, and if we are are the the access to Jesus, that's a serious thing, right? You're almost saying, well, if if you can't come to church, well, basically, you can't come to Jesus. You can't come to Jesus because you're not like this. You can't come to Jesus because you don't do this. I mean, to give a very clear example, maybe uh, the letter of Galatians, uh, written about Judaizers, right? There were people in the, Jews who came to the churches in Galatia who said well if you want to be a real Christian you need to be circumcised sorry Gentile Christians you know, you need to be circumcised if you want God to accept you now you're a Gentile you want to come to Jesus and you say sorry you're not circumcised then then you're blocking access to Jesus right? You're, you're tripping people up, you're obstructing them that's a terrible thing to do right? I mean you hear how angry Paul is you, leave people, you block people from Jesus, or you, kind of, you lead them into trust something else. Then maybe, okay, I'm going to get circumcised. And now, you know, I can come to God because I'm circumcised. Then you've, you've stopped trusting Jesus. You've started trusting your circumcision. That's the thing, right? Instead of people coming to Jesus, needing Jesus, you're making them trusting something else. You're pushing them to something else. I, I think that's the stumbling that he's talking about the opposite of receiving. Now, we don't do that. You don't have to get circumcised here. I'm very thankful for that. Um, some churches, they do that. Yeah, we have certain ways of dress, certain ways of, uh, you know, uh, you need to, you can't have a TV and you can't drink alcohol and you need to wear like this. So, uh, of course, we're, we're not like that. But, you know, so do we give a certain impression sometimes? You, you, you can just put people off implicitly. Imagine, I'm not saying this is true, but this could happen, right? Imagine, you know, sons and daughters, we reach out and this woman becomes a Christian. And that's wonderful, right? And while you, you know, you're from Watermark, you invite her, please come to Watermark. And she starts coming on Sunday, joins the CG. Uh, that's great, but how welcome do we make her feel? I mean, she'll be in the CG and, and she is from some developing country, Speaks poor English. And then everyone else in the CG, they, they're wealthy and they have this, this great job and they're all sorted and they're so educated and, and she is struggling. And before CG they go to this expensive restaurant that they can't that she can't afford. How will she feel? I I think she slowly gets the message: well, I'm not sure if this is for me. I don't really belong with Jesus because Jesus community that, that's all you know people who are sorted and with good jobs and, and, and I'm not I'm a mess that's terrible right uh, again I'm not saying we, we are like that but, but, but it can happen with, with some churches right no I mean I, I hear other stories I hear someone who's just new here and so many people come in and, and welcome them and, and say hey can I help you that that's great but that would be so sad right if someone or maybe a domestic helper they come here and because we just you know church is really geared towards this kind of people and and if you're not like that well sorry're you're 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 excluded i mean Jesus hates that right this woman who he has saved, who he wants to to come here to church and and receive him and 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 you know receive all the help and everything from this family and and actually we exclude her that's that would be terrible i mean you can see how strong jesus' language is right. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be, will be, to be drowned in the depth of the sea. What? Jesus thinks this is really important, that we, just, we welcome people, we receive people. Someone's a Christian, whoever they are, they should be welcome here because they're part of the family. They should be joined, yeah, in this family here, they should be so welcome. Jesus says, be ruthless with that, right? He goes on, uh, if um, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. Now, Jesus says those verses a lot. He also says them, like in chapter 5, about lust and those kind of things. But in context, I think, yeah, that this is the sin of kind of, putting stumbling blocks before people, obstructing people from Jesus, you know, being as a church, just not receiving people because they're, they're different from us or something like that, or they don't do something. And we need to be just really so inclusive as a church. That's, that, that's what Jesus wants. Jesus is so inclusive, he welcomes everyone who comes to him. That's what we should be like as a church. Uh, what it looks like in practice, yeah, that's uh, something for us to work out. But I think that's the idea here. You know, people need Jesus. And so as a church, we want to be a community that keeps no one from Jesus. But of course, uh, one, what then? What's the other side of that? Because Jesus goes on. It's not just we want people to come to Jesus. Well, if people really need Jesus, we don't want them to leave Jesus, right? We want to pursue those wandering away from Jesus, if people need Jesus, you, of course, that's what you do, right? And, and Jesus tells this parable, look, there is this man, and he has this hundred sheep, and one of them wanders off. And, of course, the man will go out and pursue that sheep. He leaves the 99 and, and rescues the one sheep. And, you know, it shows the really individual care, right? This man cares about every single sheep. He doesn't say, oh, I've got 99 sheep left. doesn't matter about the one sheep. I'm going to buy 10 more sheep next week. Who cares? No. My one sheep is walking away. I'm going to get that sheep. And that is what, what God is like, right? Uh, verse 14. So it is not the will of the, my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God doesn't want any of them to perish because that's the problem, right? A sheep wanders away, they perish. They meet a wolf or the bear or they fall off a cliff or whatever. Same with the Christian who leaves Jesus, right? You're in church, you're following Jesus, except you wander away, you walk away. You're gonna die in your sin, right? We we don't want that to happen to people, and so we we want to get them back. That's what Jesus wants. That's what the Father wants. And what does that then look like? Well, verse fifteen: If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Right? If someone sins, well, that's a problem that needs addressing. Because, yeah, what's well, sin is a problem, right? Sin is deceitful. Sin enslaves us. If someone is caught in sin, that, yeah, that, that sin will, will, can lead them away from Jesus, right? So if you see that, if someone does that to you, 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 you want to act on it. You want to pursue that person and, and talk to them and try to win them back, right? If they listen to you, you will have gained your brother. That's the aim. You want to gain them. Get them back. Get them back to Jesus. Now, that sounds like every single sin. Do you do this for every single sin? Oh, of course not. I mean, we just said, right, we we're all sinners. Christians still sin. It's normal that Christians sin. I guess there are sins that you expect and sins that you don't expect. You know, there's the one-off selfish action versus this, this real pattern of ongoing selfishness or ongoing temper problems, right? Or it's just a really serious sin, very serious, clear sin. I'm not talking about someone who is a bit anxious. And, of course, you know, you should trust God, but we wouldn't really, okay, you're really too anxious. Watch out. If someone's having an affair, right, then we're having a serious, clear sin that seems to be a pattern, and right, something like that. Uh, where every sin falls, that, that requires wisdom. But still, sin is deceitful, so you want to talk to them. As he says, go and, and show them his fault, just between the two of you. You know, uh, go humbly and, you know, hey, uh, you did that last week. Uh, can we talk about it? Can we, uh, I don't know what you think of your action. Do you think it's okay? Uh, you you want to ask questions. Maybe you didn't understand the situation. Maybe just a misunderstanding. And, you know, I, I, I think it's a sin. Want to look at the Bible with me and just look at it together. And, you know, if, if we agree it's a sin, then, yeah, should, maybe we should do something, right? Just humbly. No, not, not proud, not, hey, you're a sinner, I'm going to get you. No. You want to help them. And it sounds very uncomfortable, right? <laughs> Some cultures find it easy, but here in Hong Kong, people are so independent, Really people, you know, I, I can survive by myself and, and to confront others or to just want to talk to them about something they did that, that feels so uncomfortable. Especially because I'm a fellow sinner, right? Who, who am I to talk to this person when, when I'm sinful, maybe even more sinful deep inside? Well, but we need to overcome that. Of course, we, we don't come with any pride, right? We know the first point, we're all humble, needy sinners. But we should come. Because they're perishing, right? I don't know. I find my phone so addictive. (laughs) I find myself regularly missing an MTR stop. I'm on the MTR, and I'm just reading something, and then, oh, man, I missed my stop. And sometimes you see people walking on the street, and they're so engrossed. And and you see that person, and they're walking on the street, and they're going to cross a road, and there's a bus coming. You're not going to just, well, that's their business. They're okay. No, you want to... Talk to them. You want to shout and, and grab them, right? You care. That's, that's caring about this person. Caring and saving them from perishing. Again, ultimately, that's what Jesus did. Right? Jesus, he, he saw us perishing. He came into the world, died for us. He wants to have us back. So we, we want to stop this person. right? It's not punishment to then warn them and grab them. It's love. Talking to someone about sin, ongoing sin in their life, is love. Not punishment. Uh, I mean, this passage will go on to church discipline. What happens if he doesn't listen and if he still doesn't listen? But all of that ultimately is love. Love for the sinner. And, and of course, love for the rest of the church, that you want to protect them. Love for the world and Jesus' witness. But here, love for the sinner. And, and so you don't give up. Jesus doesn't give up. You don't give up. So if they don't listen, well, verse 16 Uh, If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. You you want to get some backup. Hey, it's not just me saying this. Uh, It's not just me who thinks that the Bible says this is sin. Look, these others think so as well. Uh, Bring an elder. Bring your CG leader. Maybe they will listen to them. And if they still don't listen, well, yeah, maybe the elder should get the whole church involved, so that the, the whole church can You call this person, look, you're going down the wrong path. You're you're walking away from Jesus. Come back. That's what you want. You're going to do anything you can to stop them leaving Jesus. And and so this is quite a long process. Yes, it ends in discipline, but this is long, patient, persistent, prayerful, loving, pleading. Of course, ultimately, there's an end point. If they don't even listen to the church then you have to wonder, well, how do these people see themselves? How, how does this person see themselves, right? If, if the whole church says, look, this is a sin. You need to change this. And they don't want to. Well, Jesus says, if they don't even listen to the church, let them be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Uh, those who are not part of the community, not part of the family. Treat them like that. Uh, that, that sounds like punishment or exclusion, but just to say, who was Jesus? Jesus was the friend of tax collectors. Jesus loves Gentiles. Doesn't mean you stop loving them, doesn't mean you stop interacting with them. It just, you see them differently. You don't see them as a brother or sister wandering away. But at some point, if they really refuse to listen, you know, so many people have told them that they need to stop this sin and they refuse it. Ultimately, you have to say, are they a humble, weak sinner? Are they one of Jesus' little ones? Or are they ultimately a hard-hearted, yeah, someone who is just not a Christian? Because the Christian life is about repentance. It's not about a standard of holiness, but Christians are those who repent. We know we are weak, needy sinners who constantly need to repent. Someone refuses to repent. That's that's not a good sign. And so ultimately you might have to say, sorry, I, I can't treat you as a Christian anymore. Please come on Sunday. Please come and hear the word of God with me. But, you know, you can't be a signed member. You, you can't have communion. Uh, please come to CG. I'd love you to be there, but you can't lead it. Uh, huh? Because I, I'm going to treat you as someone else. I'm going to love you not like a fellow Christian. I'm going to love you like a non-Christian. I think that, that that's where this passage ends. And it's just your hope and prayer that they will see that. Now, that sounds like a very big thing, right? Because we just talked about welcoming and, you know, letting everyone come to Jesus. And, and this then seems different. Are we hindering people from coming to Jesus? Well, I, I don't think so. This is, a, this is First of all, this is a real church thing, right? It's not something you do as an individual. Uh, this is about a whole church deciding something about a person. And Jesus assures us he is in it. Verses 18 to 20, they're they're a bit weird, but they make sense, right? Verse 18, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Now now we love that last verse, but do you hear the context? This is a church church well binding and loosing making a decision about you know this person who just doesn't want to repent um, how should we treat this person and jesus says i'm with you you know what you decide it's done in heaven that's what it reflects i'm with you and so yeah the church has this serious responsibility if that's needed Uh, you you lovingly carefully pursue someone but ultimately Yeah, you might have to do this. You're seeing the person as Jesus does, right? If if there's no repentance, then, yeah, Jesus probably doesn't see them as one of his little ones. So maybe we we treat them differently. I hope you can see the principle. There's lots of case studies we could talk about and details and nuances. I hope you see it in the context, right? You, You love someone like Jesus does. But who is this someone? But again, this is only a very last resort, right? If we're a good church... It never comes to this stage. If we we're a good church, it, it, it never gets beyond stage one. Why? Well, that first point. We see each other as Jesus does. We see each other as humble, weak little sinners. <laughs> I think that's the problem, right? If someone comes to you and, uh, you know, well, why would I talk to you about your sin? Because I, I think you're a needy sinner. Uh, because I've, I know that, like me, you're a weak. And so I want to help you. The problem is when I think, oh, you're okay. You probably know the better Bible than me. Uh, you, uh, you, you you, can sort this out. I don't need to talk to you about this. You'll be fine. That's when I don't talk to people, right? If, if I don't see them as Jesus does. Or if someone comes and talks to me. <laughs> and they, and I, I think, oh, I'm okay. I can sort this out. I, I don't need help. That's when I don't listen, right? It's when I don't see myself as Jesus does. That is when I will not listen and, and that's when things start going the wrong way yeah, so if, again if we want to love each other like Jesus does let's see ourselves as his little ones, humble weak, dependent sinners yeah? it goes back to the gospel how do you see yourself, are we okay, are we great, are we strong or yeah, are we people who are so weak and powerless that the son of God had to die for us And has to keep looking after us every day of our lives. Otherwise, we will not make it. That's who we are. And that's wonderful that Jesus does that. Let's make sure we do the same thing. Let's love each other as Jesus does. As Jesus' little ones.